just remember as long as you are breathing there's still opportunity to do the things that you want to do and there are many ways to to do that so when you get discouraged just know that like as long as you're breathing there's still opportunity Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we are on location at Athletes Voices, an event empowering athletes who are changing the world. There's a series of these podcasts. This is one of them. And I'm really excited about our guest today. His name is Patrick Willis, the 49ers Hall of Fame linebacker, played all of his eight seasons in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers, earning seven Pro Bowl nominations, named NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2007, and is a two-time NFL tackles leader. He played his collegiate football at Ole Miss, where he was an All-American and SEC and the 2006 SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Now he focuses on his foundation, the Winker's Mind Youth Fund, to help transform communities through the potential of youth through the Winker's Mind Youth Fund. Patrick helps youth grow stronger in mind, body, and spirit. Patrick, welcome to The Daily Helping. I am so excited to talk to you today. Dr. Richard, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, We're going to have so much fun today, and we're going to help a lot of people but I, I'm really excited. I, you know, the beautiful thing is we just captured your collegiate career, your NFL career. But I don't talk about before. So were you from go, like you knew football was your thing? Tell us your superhero origin story. I want to go back and find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so originally I'm from Tennessee, and uh, not just from Tennessee, but I'm from a small town in West Tennessee. Um, Brewston, Tennessee was the school that I went to. And when I was growing up, I only had three channels growing up. And on those three channels, it was 7, 11, and 16. And on channel 7 would be all the sports. And, of course, back in the early 90s, the only teams that would come on those three channels would, well, on one of those, one of those three channels would be the Dallas Cowboys, the Atlanta Braves, and I can really only remember the Dallas Cowboys and Atlanta Braves. But I grew up, um, loved watching uh, Monday Night Football, and probably like most kids, um, had the aspiration um, to become a professional athlete. So um, with that, like all kids, you know, you play the sports um, and really. I really just enjoyed playing sports. I mean, I was my growing up in the South, on uh, the very rural area where I grew up during the summertime, being out of school, you know, stayed up my grandmother's, most of us uh, did. So from eight o'clock to sundown, we would play um, outside nonstop. 
anything that we could, any ball, you know, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, kickball, um, hide and go seek, whatever it was, um, you know, we just, if we, if we had a ball too, we just got there and we tried to go at it. And then, of course, like I said, watching, you know, the the NFL teams one night, you know, you ha- you always had your favorite favorite players that you wanted, that you inspired to, to be like. And so, yeah, just throughout the, throughout the years, um, I think it was about the sixth grade when I had that, the sixth grade was one of those moments that I had that I felt like, man, I just saw something that it was a vision that I had. And it was, um, I'm sorry. I was watching Monday night football uh, one night I was going out so my when I was a kid about eight years old my step grandfather had a had a stroke and I never forget um after he had that stroke you know us getting him to the house and my grandmother asking my brother and I because we live closer than most of the grandkids she said baby I'm gonna need y'all to um help grandmother um you know put you know granddaddy in bed um every night and I never forget the most the the most fun nights were Monday nights because that's when Monday night football would come on and what made it what made this night very interesting was because where I grew up there was a bunch of lightning bugs you know when I grew up there was lightning bugs everywhere in the country um, and I never forget I used to always you know whether we catching them in jars or whether we be running through and you might mess around and eat one and. But I just remember running through and just seeing all the lightning bugs. And it was one it was one Monday night that I'm watching a football game and I never forget the ball was kicked off. And back then in the early nineties, um, mid nineties, Monday night football was like the Super Bowl is now when it came on TV. And I never forget watching the ball being kicked off and all those flickering lights going off. And I had a moment where I was like, wait a minute, what's the difference between running through these lightning bugs and then being in front of all those lights? If I'm running through the lightning bugs and I'm like, I'm Emmitt Smith, you know, I'm Michael Irvin, I'm this player, I'm that player. And so that was one of those moments that I felt like I was watching TV and I was wide awake and I had, a, I had, a, it was like a vision. It was a vision that I saw. And I remember being like, wait a minute, I wasn't dreaming. Like I was wide awake. And so that was, um, that was a big moment big moment for me so yeah there's plenty of others why i stopped talking now <laughs> no it's great it, it sounds like you know you you said if i recall about the sixth grade is when this kind of solidified for you and so you know when a, when a young person says to their friends their family i'm going to be an nfl player i'm going to be an astronaut i'm going to win american idol whatever <laughs> it is uh, I'm curious what was what was the reaction what was the support like what was that experience like for you once you basically said to the world this is my goal yeah you know um there there was a there was a, a moment that something like that really happened I was in the eighth grade we was getting ready to go into my I was getting ready to go into my freshman year and you know when you're in eighth grade going into your freshman that's when you now start to you know pick whether you're gonna go um college or whether you're gonna go university dual path and or technical path. And most of, and I went to a majority, um, my school is really small. I only graduated with 40, 40 people. And that's how many people I graduated with. I think the biggest class might've been 60. Uh, so I was one of the, one of the smaller classes, but this particular day uh, we're in, um, we're getting ready to pick our uh, elective, whether it's university, dual, 
or um, technical. And I remember looking around, and in the forty people, it's probably about six of us um, um, uh, African American kids. And the teacher said, um, she asked. She, I, I raised my hand because I wasn't sure which one was which. You know, I just noticed when when she said when she asked university and technical and dual. The technical, most of the black kids raised their hands and then some, you know, in the middle, but nobody, you know, no black kid raised their hand for the university path. And I just remember being like, well, I want to go to the university. Like, you know, if all of them can go to the university, why can't I? And she, I never forget, I raised my hand to ask her a question because I've always been the one I asked some 101 questions. Even if I think I might know, I still ask just so I can get like, you know, get a clear, clear, um, be clear about what, what what it is. And so I asked her and she says, um, well, what do you want to do? Um, I said, well, first, and she didn't give me a chance to say the second part. I said, well, first I want to be a professional athlete and then second, but she didn't, but before I could get into the second and maybe she just doing her job, she said, well, you know, less than 1%, you know, makes it to the NFL. So you're going to have to, and when she said that in front of everybody, I felt like she was like, belittling me and, and again maybe I understand now looking back statistics like but she said less than one percent and I said in front of the whole classroom I said well I guess I'll be in that less than one percent and that's that was that was the last that was that day from then on that I was like I couldn't you can't say this in front of the whole classroom and be this confident and and not and not give everything you have to to obtain it and just Man, through grace and hard work and luck and, you know, help here and there, you know, um, the rest is the rest is history. Out of curiosity, <laughs> have you ever crossed paths with that teacher again? Uh, you know, I I've I haven't crossed paths with her like what well, we got to we get to make eye contact, but I have been in the same place as her. But for me, you know, it was one of those things where, again, there there were many. I understand now, looking back, and I was also one of I'm also one of those type of people that, you know, I may feel it inside that you know you was able to prove yourself right and maybe someone else wrong, but I never I was I'm not that type of person to go in somebody's face and say, "Look, I told you what you get." No, none of that. So I just kind of smile with that, with that. I'm humble, you know. I'm I'm, I'm humble. So. I love that. I love that. So I, I want to jump forward now. We're gonna. Fast forward in time, you had your successful career at Ole Miss, and that's understating it, obviously. And now you're in the NFL, so you're living your dream. You're no longer, you know, seeing the the bright lights of the lightning bugs. You're <laughs> you're, you're getting the flicker, right? You're you're yes, seeing the flash of the crowd. You're you're a niner. At what point? Because I know the shelf life, so to speak, of a professional athlete, particularly an NFL athlete, is very short. And you played statistically longer than most play. And at a very, very high level. At what point did you start thinking about two things? One, what's next? But let's start there. At what point did you start thinking about life after football? Um, really, I had always thought about it. Um, I thought about it my rookie year. Um, and and my it was, the reason why I say I thought about my rookie year was because before I ever become an before I ever became an NFL player, I'd always heard that NFL stood not for long. And so for me, I was like, man, like, well, how do you know, how do you know um, how long to go? How do you know when to retire? And I remember in my rookie year, um, just going up to some of the um, old heads, there were three, uh, three of the older guys on my team, veteran guys on my team. 
And I, I, I was asking them a question. This is my first training camp practice, and they looked at me like I was crazy. It's before practice had even started. I said, how do you guys know when it's time to retire? And after I asked three of the guys, nobody had gave me an answer that I was looking for. And so I said, well, Lord, um, I guess it would be when I no longer have that passion to that passion to play and give my teammates, give myself, give my teammates, give the organization everything I have. I said, I think it'd be time to step away and go figure out the next phase because what I didn't want to do was what I had saw in older guys that I had admired that I felt like they had just stayed and was just getting knocked around and pushed around. I was just wondering, like, man, why, why do you, why do y'all want to go out like that? Why would you not go out, you know, when you were on top? So I just told myself, you know. You just have to be honest with yourself when you know. And I always played the game because I was really, I loved it. I enjoyed sports. I I enjoyed everything about it. And I just told myself one day it's going to end. And when it does, um, you know, you have to figure out the next phase of, of life. And so I, I'd always had it in the back of my mind. But it's like, it's like being young. You don't never think, it's like being young. You know, one day you're going to pass. You're going you're gonna to leave this world. But you don't think about it a whole lot until you get on older or end or some things happening. And so that's kind of how it was, you know, early on, you just going at it, going at it. But in the last couple of years, I started to feel, man, I think, I think I feel the sun setting. So. Yeah, that's a, a great response. And I, and I think, you know, that you came into the league with the, not, not that you were counting on it from day one, but in the back of your mind, you knew this, this was going to be short lived. And so, my next question that I wanted to ask you, you're doing so much in the world of philanthropy, and we're going to talk a lot about that, Patrick, but um, when did you realize, like, did, did you know coming into the league that, okay, now I've got, I'm going to have a spotlight here, I have to leverage that to help a lot of people, or did that kind of organic, organically develop over time? Yes, Dr. Richard, um, it was actually organic. Um, you know, coming from, I didn't give a lot of context earlier, but... I, can, I was I was raised a single parent, um, and you know, being raised a single parent, having it was four of us, two, and then it was four of us. It's a, lot, it's a little bit more to to the story, but being raised by a single parent, it, things were um, we didn't always have uh, have a whole lot, um, and barely had what we needed, and doing with with that you know there were times that you know different organizations different people whether it's hand-me-down clothes whether it's you know um uh, a toy drive whether it's a you know a thanksgiving um angel tree um you know providing you know a turkey for you know my family around the thanksgiving time those things i was very appreciative of and i was very grateful for you know though that person or those people and so I just always told myself that, you know, along the way as I as I live and then hopefully one day, you know, get in that position to be able to just, well, you know, you can just do as much as you would like to do, that I would do that. And so um, and so that that has always been something that I have carried with me. And when I got to the Niners, I never forget, um, it was one of those things as soon as I found out on our off day that you know, the Niners done a whole lot of, you know, charitable work and giving back, you know, to the community here and there. I was like, man, this is a this is a no brainer. You know, this is the things that helped me at times when, you know, being hungry, not having, you know, a whole lot of, 
you know, this or that, that, you know, I want to make sure that I'm able to, you know, give back, give that, give that helping hand back in the way it was given to me. So. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love that response. It's so different when you, and, and you know, it, only a person who experiences adversity can really understand it. Like it's one thing, you know, you shared you know, a bit about your upbringing and the, the challenges that your family faced, but unless you've been in those shoes, it's it's really hard to understand. And and so I'm wondering, you know, the as you realize that you were in this spotlight this position that very few people ever get to attain. What was the spark for what you're doing with the Winker's Mind Foundation? Because I want to I want to really spend some time and talk about why you're so passionate about it. And, and let's start there. Yes. Um, so the, the, the spark that really um, started the Winker's Mind Youth Fund Foundation was really is something that I've always carried with me. Um, not so much the name but more so just understanding that fitness was that one thing that really helped me to become confident in myself. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, I was, I had my, I grew up with a lot of siblings. I had had a lot of siblings, had a few siblings, but I had a lot of cousins as well. And what I noticed growing up was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was um lightly made fun of because, you know, I wasn't, the shape or the size of, you know, some of my other cousins around me or whatnot. They had abs, they had like the muscles. And I used to ask God, like, how come I don't have, like, how come I don't have muscles like that? How come you gave me, you know, I, I kind of chubby a little bit and just, you know, all the things that, you know, just being young and insecure, I suppose, you know, I, I don't know what you call it when you're that young. I just know that, you know, I just felt the way I felt. But I just remember, it was a sixth grade that I just started doing push-ups and I started doing setups and pull-ups at the gym and anywhere I could have space, you know, I would I would do whatever I could to try to just man, get some kind of muscles, get something. And so um so now I get to now I get to be a I'm sorry, well oh so now here I am um with I went Joanne, uh, what she had told me, she said, um, hey, there's this um, event happening in Palo Alto. Um, if you don't have anything going on, we would love for you to come by and check it out, you know, be a part of it if you, if you had the time. And I was just chilling at the house at the time. I was like, you know what, Joanne asked, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I have to go check this out, you know. And so I did, and I never forget seeing this fitness zone and how where it was set up. What it what it entailed, and right then and there, it, it hit me that wow, this would be something that no one could 
no one can have an excuse at why they cannot get active and or stay fit. And when I say no one, I mean no one because this fitness zone, it is accessible, accessible to um anyone, whether it's, you know, you're paraplegic, um, whether you're a youth, whether you're young and or old, you can get out and you can use this machine because it's a weightless, it's a weightless machine. So you ain't like you, you're not intimidated by, you know, seeing somebody else do a whole lot of work. This is really just you working with your own body weight. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, you must be able to work with what you have first um, really well to really be able to thrive in things that are outside yourself. And so, yeah, this fitness zone was one of those things I felt was very universal and everyone could use. So the foundation is a found, is this a foundation that you started or that it existed already and you just really put your energy towards growing it? Yes. So the Winker's Mind Youth Fund, um, I'm sorry, the Winker's Mind Youth Fund Foundation is a foundation that I started myself, okay, but it's um, it's predicated off this fitness zone. Um, this is pretty much predicated around this fitness zone that's accessible to all. So, are you building these fitness zones in different places? Is that the mission of what you're doing? Yes, sir. Um, yes, Doctor Richard. So, what I'm doing is um, so the the motto behind the Winkers Mind. Uh, Youth Fund Foundation is um, it's it's about building and transforming communities where the will is to rise and the opportunity is provided for all. And this, these fitness zones are primarily for under underprivileged areas that need that spark that 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 need that that outlet that needs that place to where again whether you are I mean. I just did one with, I just collaborated with a former teammate of mine, Eric Reed. Um, shout out Eric Reed. But um, him and I did one for Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where he's from. And what I loved the most about it was, though it's it it appears to be for, you know, the, um, you know your handicap, I mean, paraplegians, um, youth, and also, you know, uh, elder, it was, it's also accessible to, you know, uh, the the programs such as um, uh, the the Salvation Army was telling me that, man, we, we can't, we, we are so excited. We're going to use, uh, we've already set up programs for our um, alcohol and uh, for our substance abuse um, program. We want to be able to have a place for them to take 30 minutes or hours so, um, to go work out. So he can get to my, you know, it, it, when he, when they started talking like that, I, it made me smile that much more because now it, it, it's even more than just, you know, what it, what it was about before. So tell us about the name. The name is interesting. Uh, the Winker's Mind, the yep. Winker's, <laughs> the Winker's Mind Youth Fund. So the Winker's Mind is something that I named myself and what it is, it's really, it's two words put together and. What what is it? So it's it's two words put together in the Winkers mind. So in old English they have uh, and the reason why it's spelled W H um is because in in old English, um I was reading one time, um well I like to I like to read now, uh, especially after I retired, I started reading a whole lot more. But I remember I was reading this old English 
And they had these words from hence I come and from whence I come. And I'm like, man, what is this whence and from hence? Like, what's the what's the origin behind it? And I learned that hence is is talking about here, from here I come, and from whence it means from where I come. And I was I'm a type of person that um, I was really studying the mind and everything around those times, still do now. And I was like, man, where do these thoughts that I have come from? Like, you know, why do I think the way I, why, why do I think the way I think? Like, where do they come from? And I realized that they were from, they was from here. And so I just able to take two words and put them together and just kind of go from there. I'd love for you to share a story. You know, some of the coolest things that when you put these great endeavors out into the world, that there are these ripple effects, these unexpected, really amazing things that happen. Give us a story, a success story, an unexpected blessing, a gift that came out of what the work you're doing. Yes, Dr. Richard. So, and uh, I'll probably, I've only done two. Um, so far, I've done one for my hometown and I just collaborated and done one with Eric Reed. And in both of those, what I enjoyed most was after you put something, um, after you put, after you put up a project, then it's all about, you know, is it going to be used? You know, is, or is, is anyone going to use it? And I never forget, uh, when I done my first one in my hometown, I let some hours go by. I went, you know, saw some other people and then I say, you know, let me, let me slide back through where we put where we put it at and see if anybody is even out there using it. And, and we did, I, I drove back, I drove back past there and I stopped. And when I stopped, I was looking out there and I saw, I saw a, a, a classmate of mine's brother and his kids out there and they were using the machine and having a great time. And then I was, I would just smile. I said, like, you know, let me just go down here and mess around with it. And all of a sudden I saw this, this young kid and his, and his mom and and their sister, Plan on it, and he and I had done some. We done some setups on it, whatnot. He done some pull ups, and I was just like, "Let me tell me push ups." I mean, let me tell you pull ups you can do. He, and he done a pull up, and just so it was just knowing that you put something up and it's being used uh, for a great cause. I mean, that's 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 more than enough. So I love it, uh, Patrick. Our time together has flown by, and I, I've <laughs> enjoyed every second of it. Uh, I always wrap up my show by asking my guests this one question. And that is, what is your biggest helping, the one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing you in our conversation today? Yes, Dr. Richard. The most, um, the biggest thing that I could probably share with anyone is um, just remember, as long as you're breathing, there's still opportunity to do the things that you want to do and there are many ways to to do that. So when you get discouraged, just know that like as long as you're breathing, there's still opportunity. I love that. Tell us where people can find out more about your foundation online and how they can contribute. Uh, yes. Uh, if you'd like to find out more, you can go to www.thewinkersmind.com and you can see on there uh, the Winkers Mind Youth Find. Awesome. And for those of you who are in a fitness place right now, we got you covered. We're going to have everything <laughs> Patrick Willis in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com, including the link to the Winker's Mind Foundation so that you can check it out and hopefully contribute. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for coming on The Daily Helping. I have loved our discussion today. Dr. Richard, it, it was an honor to be on The Daily Help. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Patrick. And to each and every one of you who took time out of your busy day to listen to this, thank you as well. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are. And post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 